Hello and welcome to The Penis Bible, an episode of Boots Presents Taboo Talk dedicated to answering all of the taboo penis-related questions that we can think of. I'm your host, Vogue Williams, and we thought it was high time we delivered a brother episode to Series 3's wildly popular The Vulva Bible. Here, we're going to investigate all things penis, from the very basics like what are all the parts called and what are they for to the more complicated and therefore more taboo issues such as size, hygiene, ST eyes, erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, piercings and injuries. Which is the perfect moment for me to remind you to please see your GP if you have any physical or mental health concerns. You can also visit the Boots online doctor and Boots sexual health clinic for sexual health information and support, as well as test kits and treatment. Please bear in mind that you will need to have an online consultation with a clinician to assess suitability for treatment and it is subject to availability and charges will apply. Please see the show notes for more details. Now, joining me on this phallic journey, wow, that did sound weird, are two amazing guests. First up, I'm delighted to welcome back Anna Richardson, who also featured on our Vulva Bible episode, host of Channel 4's incredible dating show, Naked Attraction, and brand new show, Naked Education. Anna has made it her mission to normalise normal bodies. She also has a new sex, love and life podcast called It Can't Just Be Me and is co-founder of Mindbox, a 24-hour online therapy service. Anna is joined by Dr. Anand Patel, a specialist in men's health and sexual function and a fellow of the European Committee of Sexual Medicine. Anand works at the Centre for Men's Health, co-hosts the Pleasure podcast and was a resident doctor on Embarrassing Bodies 2022, as well as on Gone Fishing with Bob Mortimer and Paul Whitehouse. Thank you both so much for joining us. Well, hello, guys. Hello. Now, Anna, I'm going to start with you. You don't like the word. No, you like the word willy, but other people I don't am happy like with it. All the words for that organ. Yeah. What's your chosen word? Uh, anything. I mean, I've, what are we allowed to I say? I think I'm a dick girl. Well, I'd probably say dick cock. But it cocks Willy. Seems, yeah. Cock. Yeah. Are we allowed to say those things? <laughs> we are now. Well, they can just edit this bit out if they don't like it. Sorry. Have we started? Uh, yeah. Anna, Anna starts to show a dick cock, Willie. I just thought this was a personal <laughs> thing of what you got a cock. Yeah. No, this, this is actually the programme. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'll, I'll pay attention. Well, you have TV shows, Naked Attraction and Naked Education. So I think you've probably seen the most Willies here. Mm, I think so. Have you been surprised at the different kind of shapes and sizes that they come in? Yes and no. So you've got to remember that about uh, 12 years ago, I did a a series called Sex Education for Channel 4, where I literally went around secondary schools with naked models and frightened teenagers about (laughs) about the naked body. So I've seen a lot of cock. But on this series, with Naked Attraction, because we've been going for about six or seven years, I think I must have seen over a thousand willies. So am I surprised? I suppose, well, I'm as surprised as... There are people, if if you know what I mean, because each willy is unique to that man. Yeah. So um, constantly, it's a finger like, cock oh. or a cock print. A cock well, print. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. But Take do you, that do you to not... the police station. <laughs> yeah. Do you not find it weird that like a lot of people just think that that like there's a certain kind of penis and that's the way it should look like it's got like a stereotype almost. Well, I think I think boys obsess about about their willy and yeah. it's kind of like is, is, is mine kind of like you know good enough they get a bit alpha about it yeah 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 um, so I think that there's this kind of idea that it should be straight no curve uh, that ideally not circumcised um, really not tight. circumcised well I mean there's a big debate and that's divisive 
That is divisive. I actually had to Google it. I think there's a thing that was on Vice, by the way. I'd like to point this out. It's called Dick Amnesia, that like some people can't remember. You obviously don't have it. Because you remember the ones that you've seen. So dick amnesia. <laughs> dick amnesia. So you won't have remembered like all the dicks that you've seen in your life. So I had to Google oh. a circumcised dick the other day because my husband is not circumcised. And actually, it's weird about the straight thing because I thought lots of people like the ones that curve upwards because they either stimulate your G spot depending on the position or the prostate. Well, I don't get to see many erect penises on naked. Yeah, so I'm just thinking the in their flaccid state. Mm. That I think the ideal is is straight, not circumcised, tight balls, no pubes. A fella's very happy with himself. That's what that. they want. Very pleased. That with weird sort of plucked chicken look is really weird. I find. I'm I like, know. It's a yeah. I find it a little bit uncomfortable. Like, why are you infantilizing your genitals? You mm. take you so long to I get those to pubes, say, and I've now got, you're shaving it all I off. I mean, again. I'm a laser girl. I've got nothing there. Yeah, it's, I went. Listen, I went too far one day, and that's it. There's there's nothing left. Never coming back. Never coming back. Is that back. a regret, Vogue? No, I I wouldn't say it is. And again, my husband. I'm gonna talk about his dick. Has he gone he's into the laser? The, he's got the plucked, the plucked look. Has yeah. he? Yeah. But hasn't gone as far as lasering. No, he hasn't gone as far as lasering. I don't know. They're not really into lasering men as much down there. That's and also, true. it depends on your skin tone because laser works much better on paler skins. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's all a visual thing that you get from porn, like being a shaved yeah. chicken. Yeah, like yeah. rimming. Like yeah. rimming was not necessarily so big before the 1970s. Porn was like, oh, let's shave all the hair off so we can see everything and it can be more arousing. Hence, every, no one has any hair anymore. Or let's, what's, let's do some rimming. And you're like, mm, this is a little bit of an unusual thing to jump into <laughs> first. But actually, it's because it's something to watch. So lots of our sex acts are derived from porn because yeah. that's our education these days because the UK doesn't have the best sex education. But what I will say about your show, Naked Apart Attraction, I do think that, I know, I do think that it's it's showing men that, it certainly showed me, I know we're talking about the penis fly, but it showed me that like not all vaginas are the same either, but like it's good for younger men to be like, this is not what they all look like. A hundred percent, of course it is. I mean, one of the things that I love about naked attraction and naked education and sex education is that idea that, do you know what, as long as your penis is working, it is really important to, to teach boys that what mm. you've got is 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 normal. Yeah. Unless you're really worried about it, it's normal. What would you say, though, at men... Do you think? Do you both think is the is the thing that they're worried about most about their penis size, Look, size, hundred mm. percent? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the crew in here who are staying behind camera, yeah. very, very quiet, with no pants on, exactly, yeah. with poker faces. It's size, right? Give me a nod. Yeah, you're staying very quiet. Yeah. There. It's size. It's he a, doesn't need to worry. Is about that it. is that because you've got the terms like dick, big dick energy, and then you've got you've got like porn where they're all massive. You don't really see men with small penises and porn. You do, well, they're, they're a niche. They're a niche areas. And that's what, yeah. in some ways, there's lots of, I've, I've got issues with porn in lots of ways because I don't think it's necessarily very helpful for people. Mm. However, what is good is that actually it does sometimes help people into the niche that they mm. might find sexually interesting, which is good. And also, there is a niche for everyone. Yeah. You know, there's a sex act or there is a you know, person you can have sex with, that you, someone that will find you attractive out there. And yeah. it's easier to find online than it would be, for example, walking to the library or discussing in the pub because it's quite difficult to discuss your love for leather mm. britches on dogs or whatever it is that really gets you going um, in in an you know, in Weatherspoons. But, yeah. but that, that's within... So other pubs are available. Uh, that's yeah. within porn, isn't it? But I think it's it's also important just to sort of ref back that we are talking about people feel, feeling comfortable with their own bodies and what they yeah. think in inverted commas is normal. And of course, everything is normal. And even though a lot of guys I've worked with mm-hmm. are obsessed by size, we've had some, some guys on Naked Attraction 
where their penises are beyond huge and then they never get picked because either the other guy picking or the girl is like I'm really sorry I can't accommodate I I can't accommodate that what is the average size first of all so they did a study in uh, 2016 where they actually got medical professionals to measure it because trying to get people to self-report often gives an incorrect answer Um, and the average size was 5.1 inches so 13.2 centimeters and actually the distribution is very narrow so most people have a penis around that size it's quite unusual to have a micro penis which is one under seven and a half centimeters or a penis significantly over seven inches yeah so and all those people on porn that you're watching they've got penis on average about eight inches or more so so that's flaccid is it what about erect? Uh, that's 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 erect, that's so, erect. So okay. the average so like, flaccid like would that's be what two to three inches so back to the bigger penises like as well it's it, it can be a struggle for men to actually get it up properly because it's so big that like to try and get that much blood mm. is like it's it's exactly. never you've just got to think of it as a long blood tube with yeah. lots of little blood spaces like a balloon that you've got to blow up so yeah. you've got to have enough blood pressure pushing blood in mm. there and actually trying to fill a 10 inch phallus with blood is mm. actually quite tricky in some cases and some people feel faint or dizzy when they mm. fill their penis with blood because there might be you know half a litre in there wow. you know, of wow. blood in there and if you're that feeling much, well really? I, I, I hope I don't get you're told off by some, yeah, yeah, by, by some <laughs> urologist who knows exactly how much blood's in a penis um, but no if, you know, if you're filling with that with blood you may drop your own personal blood pressure but also if it's unwieldy I mean you're thinking that the average vagina length you know, when, when unaroused is 8 centimetres so if you're oh. trying to stick something that's 20 to 25 centimetres in there you're kind of almost trying to have sex with their spleen it's not going to fit no it won't fit small penises again now I did a show before and we did have a guy on with a micro penis Mm. so they are a real thing yeah absolutely they're a very small proportion of the population looking maybe a few percent yeah. Just like it's the same number who've got a penis that's 10 inches long. Yeah. So, you know, there's, it's a very small number. However, it's significant and it's certainly very worrisome from, for them because they're surrounded with lots of cultural references telling them that small is bad. Mm. Yeah. Whereas actually there's some hugely positive niche action going on for some of these men with smaller penises, particularly from bisexual women. Yeah. You know, they really enjoy the fact that actually that penetration isn't necessarily the only thing on the other person's mind. Yeah. Um, because you know, penetration, absolutely, you know, I, I get that penetration for, for many women is pleasurable. But for lots of cases, that's because it's rubbing the clitoris from behind mm. rather than actively because it's uh, 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 pleasurable rubbing the, the, the uterus or whatever. Even though, although in some people, you know, that is the case. It is positively pleasurable in that case. So yeah. having a penis that you can you know, insert that actually gives you pleasure, that you can masturbate with, that you can enjoy, and actually being able to use your hands or mouth on their clitoris at the same time, happy days if you're having... You know, heterosexual sex. Yeah. And then, you know, good luck to you. Enjoy it. Have fun. You know, and if, and if you're able to, to put in a penis that's normal size, you know, you can accommodate that yeah. you know, without actually causing discomfort, without causing any tearing or bleeding. You know, that sort of thing is, is a real issue. But there was, now again, I'm going back to the show that I did. These men really wanted a bigger penis. But, yeah. But the options out there weren't amazing. They just, they didn't, they, I wouldn't say that some of them aren't long term at all. And one of them, like you, end up with uh, no erection. So you cut that yeah, ligament. Cut ligament is exactly that right. right. Yes, yeah. so you cut the suspensory ligaments. They're kind of like two straps at the top. So if mm. you cut them, then the penis falls forward. So it looks a bit bigger. But only like a very small amount. Exactly. So you kind of gain. So if you want to be a bit more of a shower, yeah. then it will give you perhaps you know, a centimetre or two more. But it won't give you any more erect length yeah. mm. or a tiny bit of erect length. So it's. Uh, 
I mean, imagine if, if for you it feels like the worst thing in the world, I can understand how even a centimetre can feel like yeah. the world to yeah. you. So I recognise that can be really important. But equally, perhaps we need to step away from just operating on everyone mm. and go, mm. how can we make people feel psychologically mm. secure yeah. with the bits they've got? And actually yeah. go, who cares? It's functional. Hopefully it is functional. If it's not yeah. functional, fine, that's another question. Let's try and help with that. And also, as you say, there is a niche there for you. You mm. can find somebody that A, accepts you for who you are, mm. or B, is really into the fact mm. that you've got yeah. a small penis. There's still plenty of things you can do. It's not, as you say, not just about penetration. And I think people are focused on, well, image-wise, you know, visually it will look like this, mm, yeah. but actually functionally, I don't have as much fun. Yeah. Mm, mm. And it can take a long time for the filler to settle down, and also you've got to make sure you manipulate it carefully so you don't yeah, end up with a bit more filler yeah. on one side and another. And what about the curve then? We're talking about the curve. So, like, uh, is it usual for men to have a curve? Yes. Yeah, mm. so, so people can be born... Uh, it, well, the condition that develops is called Peroni's disease, mm-hmm. where you can develop either a physical little scar, uh, scar tissue on one side, which bends the tissue towards the scar. So, yeah. for example, it can bend back towards you, so it's pointing towards your face, or it can bend downwards, leftwards, or rightwards. Most people have, you know, some people have a natural curve, yeah, um, you know, either the tip end or somewhere down the shaft. However, there are some that it's so um, significant a curve that they can't penetrate. Oh, wow. And that Ooh. can be problematic. So, you know, if you do have that condition or if it's developed, because it's about somewhere between maybe 10, 15 percent of the population, because they're watching a lot of porn where visually uh-huh. you pull out just to see the penis is going in back again again to prove it's going back in again. And also they're trying to knock people's doors in. You know, there's awful phrases about having sex with women. They're just dreadful. You know, sex used to be about you know, the penis moving within the vagina. Now it's about bring it out. Let me see how big it is before I slam it back in again. Yeah. Yeah. Problem is, if you miss... You're going to hit the vulva or you're going to hit the perineum, which the the, 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 the no man's land, and it's going to bend your penis. And sometimes you get fractures, sometimes you get scarring over time. And these are real problems, uh, which we can totally help with. But some of the operations that people have can shorten the penis. And most people from the conversation we're having... You can get your penis shortened. Well, because the uh, the way way that you kind of um, uh, get rid of the curve is by taking a wedge out of the penis. Uh, And to straighten it, you... And how do you fracture your penis? Uh, so usually trauma, and you've got so you've, imagine you've got two blood tubes like sausages that run down the middle, yeah, and yeah. they're wrapped in a very tough fibrous um, tissue called the tunica albuginea. It's my one of my favourite terms. Um, the problem is, so where that stretch is taut, like a like a canvas when it's got an erection, yeah. so it feels very full and very hard. And that's remember that's the inside. The outside's a bit spongier, so the inside's quite firm. Unfortunately, if for example you then hit a you know a pelvis or something head on. Yeah. then it can snap. And the most common time for that to happen is uh, partner on top, particularly reverse cowgirl. Reverse cowgirl, right. cowboy, however. Particularly if they're leaning forward and they pull up off you and then back down onto you, oh, then imagine no. you're putting like eight kilos, 10 ki- no, no, stone, eight, eight stone, uh, 12 stone back onto someone's penis in one go. It's going to kind of go, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Wow. Note and to actually fractures yes well, well, the, well, the, the tunica rips do you hear it oh my friend you can snap you can hear a you snap, hear a snap. Yeah, snap. Hear a snap is it, it pops. okay the banjo string is that what you're talking about oh no so, no no that, oh. that's just the bit where the foreskin attaches to the, the head of the penis yeah my friend had to get um, uh, a circumcision because it kept snapping whenever anyone the was on top the banjo string did yeah really yeah and he t- said there was like blood everywhere so to do with the, the, the foreskin was just some yeah. people have got quite short frenulum which is the name for the banjo string yeah. and unfortunately when they because when you're having sex actually it's interesting because the way we're designed to have sex is the head of the penis mostly is having sex with its own foreskin 
and the foreskin so and the penis is then moving in and out exactly. of the woman. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, um, uh, it's, it's big in America, as you said earlier, only because I was reading a book recently and it was talking about circumcision in America being, and I never would have thought it was that big in America. But they're they it's meant it. to be a cleanliness thing, and you're like, for God's sake, just pull the hood back and give it a rinse. Take How the jumper off and be? put it in the wash for exactly. a bit. Exactly, it's like the pole that comes down. <laughs> give it a wipe, pull it back up. But then I know loads of guys that, that are circumcised, and they obviously because they've been circumcised since birth, so they don't know any different. But they say yeah. that their sensitivity is absolutely fine. I mean, it is different. It is different. Is so when they've had the operation, because the, the, uh, if you've been circumcised, so for example, uh, you know, the the, uh, the neck of the penis gets too tight and you yeah. can't pull it back and it tears when you have sex. Sometimes they, they do circumcise you. And then obviously the head, which has never really been exposed for long, is then fully exposed. All those nerve endings. Uh, imagine the clitoris without the hood all of a sudden oh, exposed yeah. to your pants. Um, and people, oh. c- and then the stitches are stretching against it. So the first few days after circumcision, like... <laughs> What about, um, could you stretch the skin that if it, if it wasn't going back down, could you actually make it stretch? So there's something called a dorsal slit where you just make a cut oh, in the back part of it. and then it's like an episiotomy. It is an episiotomy, yeah. yeah. So you kind of make a cut, um, but the problem is often that scar's closed again. Um, so it, 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 you, you can stretch it a little bit. The problem is that if that doesn't work for you or if it keeps tearing each time you're having oh. sex, you're just going to heal by scarring. Yeah. And, it's then, and it's like the polar neck gets tighter and tighter yeah. around the top yeah, of the, it's the neck. And it's just a take it off. Yeah, yeah, take yeah, off. yeah. Go for a turtleneck. <laughs> the liking jacket. A mock neck. A mock neck. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you explain proper circumcision to us? Uh, sure. So you have uh, so the penis shaft is then attached to a hood. Yeah. Of, of skin that wraps around the glans penis, which is the head of the penis, which is very sensitive and wants to be protected. Um, and so this kind of capola of skin um, is sexually sensitive and the penis moves in and out of it when you're having sex. But if it gets, if the head of the penis gets trapped in there, because the very top bit, like the top of the polar neck, gets uh, very closed in, mm. it can mean it can tear each time you try and have sex mm. or tear when you get an erection. So what they do is they cut off the, uh, the, the extra skin yeah. and then they tie back they kind of suture um, the edges of that skin into the shaft which is why you t- often see in circumcised, circumcised men a slight ridge yeah. um, and then there's a slightly darker bit of penis shaft and then there's the, 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 the bell end or the glans penis um, and so that then re- re- reveals the head of the penis which means the sensation can go down slightly um, yeah. but you know, circumcised men often find they have very happy exciting sex yeah. um, it's, just, it's just that it can be more sensitive in men who retain their, um, their, their uh, foreskin yeah. do you know why we've got head of the penis shaped like it is no so it can basically rip out the, the, the semen of the person before of the competitors so that's oh, what, sperm competition theory. Yeah. So basically the idea is that you've got the sh- perfect shape of the head of the penis to push in and then whip out the previous person's semen and then re- deposit your own. I mean, actually, do we know what the stats are around circumcision in the UK? No idea, sorry. Yeah, no, that would be interesting to know because um, we do have quite a few circumcised guys on, on the show. Mm. 20.7 in the UK. Could that be right? So 71.2 in America. Wow. That's amazing. It's much more cultural yeah. there rather than religious. So 20.7% are circumcised. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, we definitely have some people who are kind of like, what is Oh, that's interesting. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Some people are very put off by it and some people love it. It's their preference. So, you know, it's like Anand says, each to their own. Yeah. You know? I'm not sure I'd notice too much of a difference myself, to be honest. <laughs> I, I haven't. I mean, I've definitely experienced both, and there's no difference. No, I don't think so. 
premature ejaculation, yeah. what can you do about it? So absolutely loads. First of all, go and talk to someone about it rather than just sitting there worrying about something going on. Often people develop really unhelpful avoidant behaviours mm. around their sexual dysfunction. So whether it's premature ejaculation or erectile performance issues, you might avoid a relationship, you might pretend, you might take medication behind people's back, you might try and get something off the internet, which yeah. isn't going to necessarily be mm. helpful for you long term. So really go, you know, go and talk to someone who knows about it. Go and speak to a GP, but if they don't know that much about it, then it might be helpful going to speak to a psychosexual therapist. And that's a therapist that had lots of training specifically in sexual function. Yeah. They will often talk to you about one, why this might have happened. So it could just be you've always had it, but yeah. it could also be something new. So if it's secondary, when it's something new rather than primary, which is you've always had it, then there might be triggers for it. Um, and, and so it's really important to try and work out what those are and also mm. try and work out what your avoidant behaviours are, mm. what you're thinking about relationships, because some people are really cruel about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and Or you think they're going to be cruel about it because you're ex they're expecting you because of the porn you're watching to last an hour, a day, whatever. Uh, so that's helpful. And they also might teach you a couple of methods like the start-stop method or the squeeze method, where it's kind of different ways of either stopping during sex just before the point of no return. Mm -hmm, so that yeah. place kind of where just before you get the kind of googly eyes and, and vinegar strokes, it's kind of that, just that moment of, of sensation you're going to go oh do you know what I'm going to blow so I'm going to pull back from that the issue in premature ejaculation is that there's a very poor understanding of that point Yeah. so the idea is to learn where that point is so if you know you're getting to the point if you do have a partner get them to stop and then when you're ready, give it 30 seconds or so, then restart mm. again. And the yeah. more you can train your brain to know when to stop and to start again, then the better you are to, to be able to have sex like that. Uh, then secondly, you can do the squeeze technique where you kind of squeeze behind the head of the penis. And okay. You squeeze quite firmly. Oh. And that kind of gives you a sensory stop signal to stop you wanting to ejaculate. Oh. Then you give it another 30 seconds and then you carry on. Okay. And so that, those are sort of psychological, physical methods of trying to do that. Hazardous. It is when you're, you're a doctor because you only see the stuff that isn't working well. You don't see like the millions of people that are having brilliant sex and really enjoying themselves and going, hee hee, which yeah. is just like the majority of people are really enjoying their sex lives. It's just every person you know, has a little bit of something they could finesse. They have yeah. times where they might their erections might not work because their mum's sick or they're, you know, they're, they've got a hard day at work. They've got two kids that wake up yeah. several times a night. So it could be more in, in your mind as well if you're... Absolutely. In general practice, we treat any man with erectile problems as someone who's got a heart problem until proven otherwise. Oh. I, I was going to say, as guys get older then, why is it more likely to be physical? What's going on as, as they age and they might have erectile disease? So the smallest blood vessels uh, um, in the body are really the ones in the penis, and right. they're one to two millimetres wide. Uh -huh. So if you imagine it's basically just plumbing, it's a tube. So whilst that tube gets more and more furred up because of cholesterol or, um, or, you know, or, or uh -huh. other conditions, then if you fill up that pipe with crud, then actually the blood to the penis isn't going to work. So it's your early warning system because your heart blood vessels will still be furring up, but because they're bigger they fur up more slowly okay. so if you start to have erectile problems there's a study done by Montorsi in Italy they got 400 people who all had heart problems having a heart attack in a um, Italian A&E um, and they said oh, when did you have you ever guys had um, erectile performance problems and 80% of them had and they oh, worked wow. out when did you have these problems the average was only four years before so these can be a real signal. And it's not necessarily physical, but it, you know, we want to make sure that we're trying to catch the ones mm. that this could be uh, the, the early presentation of later on heart disease. Yeah. So if you do have erectile performance problems, and I don't mean it's every time, I mean intermittently, but that's now persisting for two to three months or more, mm. go and see your doctor, get your cholesterol checked, check for diabetes, get your testosterone checked, because all of these can make the situation worse. What about erectile dysfunction not 
from age? Just what if you're younger and you're having problems? can be anxiety related often mm. you know if you're going out on your first date and you're really excited and you've had a few beers <laughs> to yeah. try and you know to, to, to try and make sure that you're in the mood uh, and then you get taken back and you know so we know the brewers group we know that drinking too much alcohol d- diminishes the el- the electrical signaling in the brain so even though you might like what you're looking at because your brain's been sedated by the alcohol it's not going to send any signals yeah. down to your genitals yeah. so you're not going to get your erection because you need both blood flow and nerve stimulation to get an erection. So if you've got nothing going down your spinal cord, ain't going to be nothing going down in your pants. Yeah. So there's loads of treatments for erectile dysfunction. One, obviously, is lifestyle, making sure you are physically in a good state as possible, um, which always helps your general health, um, getting lots of sleep, etc., and making sure you're less anxious as possible. Always make sure the, the sexual information is getting there. But there's loads of things that you can do practically. Um, so there are medications, ones which you get on prescription, others that you can buy over the counter. There are other things that you can use. I mean, you know, we've, we, you know, there are going to be implants even that you can have you know, for people who've got significant erectile performance problems. But even well before that, you can have creams and gels that you can apply um, so yeah there's loads and loads of stuff that you can do um, to, to, to get yourself helped out but as I said first please go and speak to your doctor because actually we need to rule out any other problems in your body your heart or diabetes first a lot of it as well I know a guy who um, who was quite depressed at the time and he just w- was unable to get an erection your, your body, when you're when you're depressed, your body thinks you're unwell, so it wants mm. you to hide away mm. and curl up. And the issue with that is, y- y- evolutionary was you are not in the right state to have a child. Mm. So your brain will drop your ability to get an erection because otherwise you might fart the child. And if you do, you're stuffed because how are you going to look after a child if you're unwell in adverse commas? Oh. So really, your body knows what to do, doesn't it? It's kind just trying of. to protect you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So imagine your penis oh, in yeah. a state of suspended animation most of the time, right? Because we're socially, culturally, sat, we're not meant to have erections in public, are we? So yeah. you get your mum telling you off when you're little, you learn that. And actually, we're all sat here sending signals to our genitals going, do not get erect, do not get erect. And you have to relax to get that erection. All right. it is is um, flooding the penis full of good oxygenated blood happens once per hour, but often you don't notice it. You once notice an it hour? Once an hour. God, so you get poked in the back, feet. it's yeah. probably <laughs> once an hour. If you're getting poked in the back that often, great. His I was so complimented. Work. It's just nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> nothing to do with you. It's yeah. housekeeping, vote. I'm sorry. That's what it is. But if, if they're awake and they're poking you in the back, then it's them. Yeah, okay, fair But if they're asleep, it's literally your, your brain on a cyclical basis going, look, feed the penis some blood. And if, you, if you're having nighttime erections but not having sex, that's fine. If you're not having nighttime erections and you're not having sex and you're not masturbating or getting erections, then what is it for? Your penis will wither. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get the hands down the pants. Literally, yes. get yourself okay. hard twice a week. Yeah. And if you want to finish yourself off, why not? Do, do girls have the same thing? They, yes, they have genital flooding. Yeah, what they might they mean? might get the sort of they might get a, a sort of warm sensation or a sense of fullness in their gen- like a proud puss. <laughs> Can I imagine, imagine the vulva's like a hovercraft that it's kind of fills... Proud. That's my proud puss face. Well, Khloe Kardashian famously has like, what does she Camille call it? Camille the Camel Toe. Camille the Camel Toe, uh, yeah, yeah. Because she's got a proud puss. Well, yeah, do you, well, why? Because she's not, got bigger labia. She, she, she may have, a, well, she, she may have big vulva energy. Oh, big vulva. I want because big vulva energy. Because the shaft of the penis actually goes into the vulva, the larger labia. It's, yeah. it's, it's contained within them. So when women get blood flow to their clitoris, they flood their hovercraft of a vulva, yes. which means that if someone's going to be having sex with them, there's not so much discomfort when that pounding is happening. Oh, so and also it's rubbing all this fabulously uh, uh, fun sexual material. Oh, it's like a band. I yeah. want big vulval energy. I want some too, band. actually. A little Camille for both of us. <laughs> okay, SDIs. Let's move on to SDIs. 
Another, okay. another sexy topic, yes. My own or? Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to talk about STIs fine. I've known and loved. <laughs> yeah. Do they do they affect sexual performance? Like, can they be, like, could that be a thing with erectile dysfunction if you have an STI or? If it's painful, potentially, or if you've got ulcers on the surface, yeah. I mean, if you've got herpes, it's really difficult to get an erection with that degree of pain. I know oh, really? some people might still be able to manage, but you know it is uncomfortable. If it's painful, your body will again not want to give those that nerve stimulation, that blood flow to the genitals. Plus, if you have, for example, repeated infections, you can get damage to the the, uh, the tube that runs out of the penis, the urethra, so you can get narrowing of that. You can also get damage to the prostate, mm. um, which creates sort of, uh, precum and, and things like that, uh, and give a chronic infection. And finally, it can also cause long-term fertility damage because mm. actually the, these infections can damage the testicles, which are your uh, you know, your, your your fertility factories. Mm. What's mm. the one? What's the one? Especially that affects women that doesn't always chlamydia. Yeah. Um, does that affect men's fertility? Yeah. As well. Absolutely. So how? So STIs, obviously, that one affects fertility. Yeah. What other ones would? Uh, I mean, chlamydia can also have an impact on the on the testicles itself, the tubes that come out. Um, how can you tell if you've got an STI if you're a man? So obviously, if there's a visual change, yeah. if it looks different, if there's a swelling, if there's an ulcer, as an ulcer is basically an area where it's lost the skin over the surface or a swelling on it, go and get it checked out, please. If there's discharge, in general, your wheelie should not leak things out. Yeah. Well, actually, no, it does leak things out. No, I mean, it's just, like if things aren't <laughs> it pre-cum... It leaks a lot of things out, actually. <laughs> if it's not sperm and it's not pre-cum and it's not wee, then mm. it shouldn't be coming out mm, of your wee. Yeah. Um, so if you've got a sort of funny coloured discharge that's coming out after you've had sex, if it's itchy, if it's sore, if it's bleeding, um, if, if when you have a wee, it's cloudy in there, yeah. then go and get yourself checked out. Just keep, be mindful about your body. Yeah. Now, I would... If, whenever I'm married now, so I haven't had one recently, obviously, but um, I would have always gotten an SCI test with a new partner before using nothing. How often do you think they should be getting an SCI test? Uh, after every partner. With each new partner, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely, after every partner. If, however, you are having a variety of partners, you have, like... Pa- you know, uh, you've got primary, secondary and tertiary partners all over the shop. You know, good for you, fill your boots. Um, mm. However, you will then want to be also testing on a regular basis. Yeah. So it might be, for example, you test every two months or three months um, to make sure that you are um, as, 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 as you know, clear from infection as, as you can manage. Yeah. Nothing's 100%. Um, you know, even uh, HIV diagnosis can take you know, a month to become positive. So yeah. you know, some people are now using, um, you know, instead of condoms or as well as condoms, using PrEP. Yeah. So uh, HIV prevention medication that uh, you know, makes transmission if you know if it, uh, zero. So it's a fabulously available medication that's really reducing transmission, particularly within the gay community. Mm-hmm. But actually, you know, we are looking at the UK potentially having no transmission within wow. the next 10 to 20 years and that would be extraordinary yeah. if we can manage that given you know I lived through the 1980s I yeah. remember those those leaflets coming through my door with a tombstone yeah. with AIDS thinking oh. that my gay life was basically focused on death yeah. and sex equals death and yeah. therefore I had a very you know, I didn't have really have relationships until I was 27, 28 because I was so avoidant of that possibility um, whereas you know, nowadays people seem to be getting back to that you know, the, having fun with sex yeah, yeah, yeah. which I think is glorious but again there are these weird stories that social media and porn tell us that sometimes take the fun out of it but yeah. I think every every generation is going to have their own thing right mm. that, that muddies mm. the waters or messes it up but I'm really excited about the potential for this new generation you know you could be free from HIV I appreciate you've got multiple resistant gonorrhea but you know hey there's always oh, really? these is that yeah, a new yeah. one is that the super yeah, gonorrhea yeah 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 Oh, God. And prep. Prep. Yeah. Do you take that every day? So there's different ways of taking it, but generally every day um, uh, you take it once a day and actually it it protects you against... 
getting HIV. Well, we talk about uh, hygiene, mm. penis hygiene. Now, you must have seen a lot of um, different hygiened penises. How important was that for people when they were going on dates? Oh, how important is hygiene? I mean, it's I everything. Mean, yeah. Come on. It's, do you know what? I just think it's basic manners, if mm. nothing else. I mean, if you're going to go on a date and potentially sleep with somebody, then you're going to have, have had a shower, surely. Like, please have you're a shower, at yourself. least. I mean, we find sometimes on Naked Attraction that sometimes the fellas in particular just think maybe a little spray of deodorant will do it down there but we have sent a couple of fellas because they're constantly fluffing themselves and trying to make the penises look bigger so you know their hands are all over their shaft and the bollocks and kind of like having a bit of a tug so sometimes the first AD has to get in there and say fella you've got a little bit of pre-cum on the end of your yeah, and then we zone in on the camera to just sort of go, yep, there's a little bead of pre-cum. Let's send him off, clean him up, get him back in the pod. Yeah. I think I'm in oh, like, wow. like, like a lie down now just to visualise that. <laughs> Jeez, what a job. Do you know I mean, what a life. I'm the, yeah. I'm, I'm the artistic director and I'm mopping up some dripping willies. But can you imagine we just sort of zoom in going, is it? Is it pre-cum? <laughs> oh. Yes, it's pre-cum. Okay, if we can just ask him. Are they just up. standing on the side of the stage just having little wanks? Well, no, they're standing in the pod. Having little like, wanks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're basically they're basically rubbing their genitals, so eventually their prostate's going to want to leak some secretions. Yes. Oh, it's, wow. it's all perfectly normal and natural, <laughs> I mean, it's like... You've been in some no. kind of war, you and just all men around you, just yeah, rubbing like their balls. St- <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. It's all normal. Um, what are the key do, do's and don'ts with men's hygiene? Uh, I, mean, I think, you know... Uh, Pulling do, the woolly back is what you've told us. Not the woolly back. Pulling the hood back. Pulling the hood back. <laughs> the Pulling the back, back. Giving a little rinse. I mean, the issue is not to wash with any harsh chemicals because lots of people are going, oh, I don't want to smell. Mm. And they actually scrub, particularly vulvas, but equally, uh, men tend to use lots of fragrant products to try and make sure their genitals don't smell. And actually, if you use water, a lot of them, that'll be that'll be good start. But actually, if you use something which is doesn't have a colour, doesn't have a scent in it, but is a, a good pH match, slightly moisturising, that's great to clean you with. Because mm. what you can get is eczema of the penis head if you're using too harsh chemicals Ooh, on it. Yeah. So, and, and what people sometimes don't do is they don't adequately shake after they've had a wee. And so mm. if, the, if, if the urine still sits around the head of the willy it can actually give it like a chemical burn oh yeah. so you want to make sure that you absolutely give it a shake you get all the urine out and that's why if you're at the urinal you might pe- see people kind of giving a shake next yes. to you that's to get the last couple of drips off admittedly if they're not very accurate it goes all over their trousers so you know get yeah. your aim good boys um, but <laughs> if you shake the last couple of drops out just to make sure and some people pat themselves dry I and mean, obviously you probably want to be in a cubicle because yeah. otherwise you'll just look like you're, you're an artistic <laughs> director <laughs> padding off the precum um, but yeah so if you just dry yourself off and the other thing is some people put like to add when they've showered is to put a slick of moisturiser on the ed- end of their willy. Don't. Nothing with scent, just to make sure that when the foreskin goes over, it's protected. Okay. So that actually, if there is any urine, it's less likely to irritate the surface. Okay. And that can reduce penile eczema and or, or penile fungal infections because you get thrush in men as well. Under do the you? Yeah, you do. Because yeah, yeah. it's it's warm and moist. If you haven't got rid of all the urine, yeah. you've got that layer of wetness around the head yes. of the penis. Now I know you're a pubic hair fan. <laughs> I love it. I know I you love pubes. The bush. If it looks like the rainforest in the seventies, I'm here. I'm in. Yeah. Is it yeah. better? Is it is it better hygiene? Like I, 
it's, it's probably because of just the way I think about pubes I'm not the biggest fan of them so I think that for me like I feel cleaner when I don't have any is it better for hygiene to have some or not have some well it's like having hair isn't it like yeah. what would, um, wash I'm, them I'm, I'm automatically more hygienic than you because I have no hair and you have hair yes you are probably yes <laughs> um, but also hair is really important in terms of generating our pheromones actually we are removing our own personal sex signaling from person and I appreciate I'm not suggesting that you literally don't wash for days and you, <laughs> you, you, know, you smell very strongly of, 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 of crotch I'm not suggesting that but actually the smell that you can release from your armpits does draw people to it you it is sexy there is something nice about pubes actually I mean you know some pubes stop you shaming me okay <laughs> it's fine you can't grow them back but that's okay we can get implants <laughs> yeah. be nice for you and go for pube plugs yeah. <gasps> but there is something lovely isn't there about some, like you say armpits pubes mm. chest hair it smells nice yeah it's sexy what about piercings? Uh, piercings can be fun for some people. I mean, certainly, obviously, you're, you're putting something through a sexually sensitive area, so it, it can Where be quite... Where does it actually go on the penis? Depends what type of piercing you have, because you can have lots of different piercings, some which go through the shaft of the penis, some that go through the the, the, the base where the, where, the, where the testicles attach, some that are between the, the legs in the perineum or the no-man's land. Mm, that's called, I think that's called the guiche. Uh, and then yes. the ones through the head of the penis. The problem is if they go through the head of the penis and the urinary tube is affected, often you have to wee sitting down because it's a bit like a sprinkler Spirits. system. Yeah. I think I choose to wee sitting down anyway. You guys have a lot of work to well, do. Well, if so you have like a willy. I think so, yeah. Will you just sit down with it? I reckon I'd sit down. I'm quite yeah. lazy like No, I, I love being able to stand up and weeing. I love being able to go into a forest. Uh, what do I sound like? I sound like the... Yeah. Who am I? love I? my Chris Packham. I'm not a guy. <laughs> yeah, but, but just a the, the fact that you can kind of wee by the side of a road does fill me with a small amount of glee. True. And into a bottle in the car totally. if you're desperate. Love yeah. that. We can't do that unless we've got a shiwi. No, we definitely can't do that. Um, Anna, you spoke, you had two trans men on your show Yeah. on Naked Education. Do you think that's important for people to see? 100%. Certainly on Naked Education, it was a real privilege for me to have worked with um, a, a trans man called Finley Games. And the important thing about working with Finley, he was prepared to go naked on the show yeah. to show everybody that he is fully transitioned, including the phalloplasty. Yeah. And the important thing about that is, A, to educate us mm. about what does that look like, how does it work? Because Finley mm. was prepared to show us how his penis worked. Right. But also, importantly, to highlight the fact that this isn't just a, a quick decision this is years yeah six painful operations you know psycho psychotherapy that, mm -hmm. that's needed this is a massive thing he his the shaft of his penis was the skin was taken from his forearm you can also do thigh can't you yeah yeah, yeah. ah upper stomach Sorry, um, it's upper stomach, thigh, because often you can then take the blood supply with yes. it and then rotate it round onto the genital structure and then create it. Because obviously you want a functioning blood supply so it yeah. stays alive because yeah. otherwise the tissue would die. So either you create it from the forearm, yeah. as you say, or you can create it from thigh or lower belly. Yeah. But in Finn's case, what was fascinating was, as Anand said earlier on, that your labia become the testicles. Yeah. Now... I asked him, how do you get an erection? He's married. How do you get an erection? He said, well, I, I pump my left testicle. I have a reservoir of saline solution in, in my stomach cavity, and that will mechanically lift my penis. And then when we finish having sex, I pump my right testicle, and it pushes the saline solution back into that reservoir. And his clitoris is just behind his testicles. That is incredible. I mean, so he's like, I get double, I get double pleasure, babe. That is amazing. Yeah, it is extraordinary, isn't it? The anatomical structuring 
is incredible. It is and I incredible. think the operations that people can do and also the differences that you know that the trans people choose you know so you know, trans men trans masculine people non-binary people you know they don't have the same operations yeah so the majority may have sort of um uh, upper chest surgery mm, yeah um and, and that's most common but actually when it comes to the genitals there's a huge smorgasbord yeah. Yeah. of different events and i was talking to someone who actually was it was a doctor that transitioned and he was saying that there was a real vogue about five or ten years ago that everyone in his group should have genital surgery. They should have a flammaplasty. Oh. But actually he's found that as people have been talking more and more about trans issues, they've felt more comfortable with yeah. the body that they actually have. Yeah. And there hasn't been such a drive to, to add well, it's such a huge, a it is huge a huge change. It is, yeah. but, uh, but there are so many people that have such psychological um, joy mm. when yeah. their body parts meet what they have Fit. in their heads. Yeah. And actually, I can un completely understand that. You know, I, yeah. I completely get that for people. And I want that for people. But also, as you say, the journey is, in some cases, mm. just so extraordinary. In terms of the number of operations, the yeah. significance. So many people having their womb and ovary removed, their, their womb and ovaries removed, the, the vagina closed or mm. re even removed, which can be really significant operation mm. you know, scrotum created yeah. uh, a penis or not even a penis it can be a um, metoideoplasty if I've got so that right so when you say the vagina removed what do you mean by that so either you so when you remove the um, uh, the womb um, yeah. often you take with it the cervix which is the top end of the vaginal canal um, and then you close off the bottom end of the vaginal canal so then the inside is just uh, basically runs directly from the, the inside of the the, the uh, um, it basically creates a tube within, but actually yeah. you close off the vagina mm. from the outside and you stitch the pelvic floor together. Wow. And that, however, that does then change the sensation of orgasm mm, for, yeah. for, for, for trans people because if you've removed the, the womb, the uterine contractions are part of some people's experience of orgasm. So it won't feel that bit, but you will, however, feel the sensations from your clitoris um, because that's generally kept with whatever genital surgery mm. you have. But it's, as you say, whether you tuck it underneath Mm. Um, or whether it becomes part of the phallus itself mm. with inside it, um, or actually you don't create a new penis, but you do kind of extend out the one you have, which yeah. I'm going to pronounce badly, so I'm not going to say it. Um, but, but actually that just means it looks more visually. You know, you can you can stand up in a locker room and look like you've mm. got um, you know a, a male appearing genitalia. Mm. Um, so and that can be really important for people. You know, you can increase the length of the of, of the tube that you wee out of by mm. by harvesting the skin from the, the lining of the vagina or the inside of the mouth. I mean, these are incredible mm. surgeries. Yeah. Um, but and I think you know these people are people that have suffered and actually are worthy of a huge degree of support mm. um, because it's a, and, and also during that time they need lots of psychological yeah. support as you said so I'm so pleased you said that because it's not easy no, no. it is amazing though mm. that medicine I, can I, do I, that I, I love the, I, I get really geeked out it is it's so incredible practical though. like uh, virtuosity yeah, yeah. The, the, I have to say I was mind blown by the engineering mm. I yeah. just thought this is this the fact that we can do this is yeah. extraordinary but you might need a new implant every 10 years. So again, it's another thing. What do you mean a new... So for example, you, um, we were talking about... Was it Finley? Yeah. Fin so Finley basically has a three-part prosthesis... Well, four-part prosthesis, really, because the, the, the balls do different things. Um, however, um, the, the tube... Um, basically, what you do is you create two tubes that run down the length of, of a forearm mm. um, penis. Um, and be because this uh, is, is a... Uh, it's, 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 it's a mechanical construct, it wears out over time. Mm -hmm. So it wow. may need to be removed and replaced... 
yeah. every 10 years. And it's like people who get veneers and they're going, oh, I've got all these new teeth. And you're like, yeah, but you'll have to get new teeth every mm. 10 years. Yeah. There is, this is a lifelong thing that mm. people are signing up for. And hence, it's really important that they're properly consented, have mm. lots of support around them, because it can be quite really challenging. And then you know, what if it goes wrong? But it's not for us to judge and us to go like, exactly. you know, worry for them. But it's just making sure that everyone understands what they're up to. Mm. Yeah. Um, last question for both of you. For people, for men or for anyone who is having issues with their penis, what advice would you have? My advice would be really, really simple. It is normal. It yeah. is yours. It is your body. And if it works, you know, it's the only one you've got. And it's, it's your body. It's normal. So just love it and accept it is what I would say. And use it. And use it. Yeah. That's literally, I would just say have fun with it. It's, yeah. there for, it's, it's there for a reason, and that reason is for you to enjoy it. However it's shaped, whatever it looks like, whatever you're worried about, the fact that it's not big enough or it's not pointing to the left enough, or what, whatever issues you have in your head, just kind of go, does it give me pleasure and joy? Yes. Mm. So utilise it. Yeah. Utilise is a horribly... Like, st- it's a very sterile like, term. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Knock, your, it. knock yourself out, yeah. literally. <laughs> knock one off and knock yourself out. Thank you both so much. That was brilliant. Thank you. I loved it. Having us... I feel so informed. And that's a wrap. Huge thanks to Anna Richardson and Dr. Anand Patel for joining me for this deep dive into all things penis. I am incredibly proud at how we managed to keep our puns to a manageable level and I really believe we will have reassured and informed a lot of people listening. If you are worried or concerned about anything to do with your health, please do visit your GP. If you want to consider a paid-for service, you can check out Boots Online Doctor, which has a premature ejaculation treatment service, as well as an erectile dysfunction treatment service. Alternatively, you may wish to buy ED treatment over-the-counter from pharmacies, either in-store or online. All treatment is dependent on a consultation so that a clinician can assess whether it's suitable and also dependent on availability. Please see the show notes for more details. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. It really helps us get the word out. Until next time, goodbye.